Bronco Nation News Live is presented by RowPaint.com, the official paint and coatings company of Boise State Athletics. Power in people, pride in painting. Check them out at ROEPaint.com. Now, here's BJ Rains. Happy opening day, Mike Prater. Got the Cardinals shirt on. Let's go. Opening day, 2023. We got uh, the kids in their Cardinals gear going off to school. This should be a, a national holiday, I think. Opening day in Major League Baseball. We got uh, Hunter Green on the mound for Mike Prater's Cincinnati Reds today. Uh, it's going to be a, a fun year of baseball in Cincinnati, right, Mike? <laughs> um, I'm going to pass on that one, BJ. This is Bronco Nation news, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know how I feel about baseball. So uh, I'm, I'm glad you got your plug in. I'm glad you think it's opening day. And uh, when does football season start? Yeah, is that the true opening day? I guess September second or whatever it is. Uh, I, I will disappoint you, and I said this on the show yesterday. And I, I know it makes me look bad, but BJ, I won't watch a single baseball game this entire summer. Oh. Oh. I just, I'm just not a baseball guy. You know that. Yeah. I'm you just you, you do more guy. fun stuff. You go camping and hiking, and you do way more fun stuff in the summer. And golf, well, no, baseball's fun, and I like to go to the park. I still like to go to Hawks. I like baseball, and uh, I might check out at half an inning of the Cincinnati Reds game today, and uh, once they once they fall behind, then I'm probably done for the day. But, uh, you know, I'd probably be a little happier about it if it wasn't snowing outside. Yeah. They're playing the Pittsburgh Pirates today, though. They actually have a chance to win, so. <laughs> So they could be one and all. Yes, they could be. They 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 could be. Uh, but uh, no, excited for uh, opening day. Always a big day, uh, at least in the Reigns uh, household. And I know my other co-hosts, uh, John Mallory and Jay Tust, are excited about uh, yes. opening today with the Seattle Mariners. Maybe we can get a, yes. a Mariners Cardinals World Series this year. That would uh, certainly be fun. But we got a lot to talk about. He's Mike Prater. My name is BJ Reigns. This is Bronco Nation News Live here at BroncoNationNews.com. We're broadcasting broadcasting from the Cutwater Spirits Mobile Studios here in Boise. Prater's there at the rowpaint.com studios and uh the ktik studios in downtown boise and uh mike i did want to talk football mostly with you but i wanted uh, for a few minutes to hit on the news of the day yesterday uh sada and ganga entering the transfer portal i that happened after uh i was off the show yesterday i actually haven't even had a chance to talk about um roddy anderson because i had uh, winston venable on yesterday so we talked all spring football uh but uh, there's some some moving and some shaking, some some additions, some subtractions. Uh, Leon Rice and his staff are, are getting to work here. Oh, unbelievable. Well, I, I really like what I'm seeing so far. And I know we want to dive into Sada and Ganga and what happened there. But, uh, you know, in terms of Roddy Anderson, in terms of a center being on campus yesterday, don't forget, Mosilla wasn't even signed until, or at least announced, until June 20th of last year. And that was the big deal. Maybe Leon has learned that you can't wait to go get the big man in June, you got to go out and get him now. And it's been a crazy, crazy 10 days. So, you know, I know that there's been a couple of losses, but there's been a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of additions as well. I'm way more excited about the additions, which really is pretty rare for me. I, I think Leon's doing some cool things. I'm not sure if he's building his super team yet, but uh, I'm seeing pieces that get me pretty fired up right now. You know, I don't know if it's good or bad, but but I listen to KTIK Idaho Sports Talk every day. Uh, but it's uh, no, no, not not that. I guess it's when I when I listen. I'm usually listening about eight or nine or or ten o'clock at night on the uh, podcast. And uh, last night I was actually uh, doing some things about eleven thirty at night, and I'm listening to the segment of Mike Prater and John Mallory talking about uh, Saad and Ganga, and more 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 uh, piquing my interest, Cam Martin. Uh, being on campus and and uh, maybe it was better that it was so late so I didn't shoot you off some uh, text that, that uh, where I disagreed with you but I got some notes here uh, Mike Prater for uh, today's show so you know I always love uh, taking the other side of some of your uh, 
arguments, just just for uh, devil's advocate's sake, for for fun to to I'll educate to it. educate folks. Uh, first of all, you did say, and I love poking at you, Mike, but you did say that you didn't. You, if he played for North, even if he rode the bench for North Carolina, he's good enough to play at, at Boise State for one of the other gentlemen that they were talking about. But yet, yeah. because Cam Martin rode the bench at Kansas, you wanted no part of him. Same argument there. Ooh. And that I will say, fair. and I will say this, uh, I will say this. I agree with you that Cam Martin would not be the sexy, uh, great, like splash, like maybe uh, Roddy Anderson was, but if you, if, if, uh, and not to say you haven't, but uh, I, I, you know, if you do a little, if there is research and you look at what Cam Martin brings to the table, uh, he had a better, his last full season, he had a better three point percentage than Steven Ashworth had last year at Utah state. And so uh, he's a, a stretch five that I think fits perfectly for Leon Rice's offense. Is he the rebounder shot blocker rim protector that, that maybe they need like a, to go up against a Nathan Mensa? No, but I think if they got a Cam Martin, they would still go try to find one of those as well for, for another big. So I, I don't think Cam Martin would be the only big. But, I mean, this guy in three years at the Division II level averaged 23 points a game, shot 45% from three-point range, was a two-time All-American. And if he was good enough for Bill Self to offer a scholarship to, uh, you know, out of D2, that, that frankly, for me is good enough. And I know I'm biased, I know I'm biased because I'm a Kansas guy. But, uh, I, I, you know, again, I know he's not the sexy thing, and I'm not saying he's going to be the Mountain West player of the year next year. But I think that would be a you know sneaky uh, a sneaky solid signing if Cam Martin were to come because he fits Leon Rice's offense as more of a post player that can shoot from the outside, could create some mismatch things. Yes, he's six nine, not six eleven. Uh, so I, I get it, but I would still think there may be another addition of the more traditional center potentially if they were to get Cam Martin. But I think Cam Martin would be uh, you know one of the better quote-unquote five players in the Mountain West if they were to get him. So uh, we'll see what happens. I don't even know if they're going to get him. My understanding is there's a lot of schools that want him. He's on campus visiting, which is a nice start, but uh, yeah. he's a highly sought-after player in the transfer portal. So I would just say to uh, – uh, in terms of Cam Martin, maybe, maybe uh, the, the verdict might still be out. I get it. Some fans won't be excited. You weren't the only one I saw on social media. Uh, but I, I would say, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Kansas guy and he came from Kansas, he only played four games. The, the, the first year he redshirted, they had two NBA centers and he wasn't going to play much. So they said, okay, we'll redshirt you because you only have one year left and you want to actually play. He redshirted and then last year played four games and uh, dislocated his shoulder or something and decided to take a medical redshirt so he could play somewhere else for, and, and not waste the season. So uh, there's more to it than just the fact that he played four games. But uh, not not a, not the Mountain West player of the year, but I think he could be a quality addition if they got him. That's what I wanted to say publicly about Cam Martin. Yeah, and those are good points. Those are all very good points. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I did, you know, massive amounts of research on him. Just take a quick look at his resume and, and try to figure it out. Um, first of all, if Leon Rice can get two post guys, big guys, I'm going to I'm gonna put him in the Hall of Fame right now. He can't even get one, let alone two. So if he can pull <laughs> off two, let's go ahead and give him the coach of the year right now. I do want a rim protector more than another offensive weapon in Leon Rice's arsenal. I really do need that rim protector. And maybe Leon Rice and and Mike Burns are way smarter than I am, and Duryea as well in terms of what they need with this basketball team. But I like what I'm seeing in terms of the additions. I like what's coming back. There's plenty of offense coming back. I want Tyson Degenhardt to be a 20-point scorer next year. I I want Tyson Degenhardt and Max Rice to average, you know, combined for – 36 points a game next year, and then throw in some Roddy Anderson. I know Roddy Anderson's got a little baggage as well. He can't shoot. He's He struggles to shoot a little bit. He's a little bit of a turnover machine. But I also think he was one of the first transfer portal guys. And when you this isn't a Leon Rice problem, but when you dip into the transfer portal, usually you get baggage. And we're going to talk about Sada and Ganga and his baggage here in a second. Roddy Anderson, to me, other than the fact that he needs to work on his shooting, 
and, and maybe handling the ball a little bit better. He didn't come with any baggage, and he came with three years, and that got me really, really excited. So that got me fired up. That got the momentum going, and then I see that a guy like Will Shaver from North Carolina is available and a big-time rim protector at 6'10", 6'11". Yep. You're right. I, I, I slided the Kansas guy a little bit, and maybe I'm jaded because a couple of years ago, I, that Uzubuku guy or whatever the hell his name is with my Utah Jazz, you told me he'd be good. He's a big bust. He's a Kansas center, and he's a Kansas bust. Maybe I'm a little bit biased with that, TJ. I, he was a great college player. I'm not sure. Wasn't he like second round or something? So I don't, I don't, I don't remember. I, I, think, uh, I think he may have even been in their first I, round. Okay. I don't remember if I put him in the Hall of Fame uh, right off the bat, but he was a he was an amazing college player. I will yeah, say no, that. He was. He was. But uh, no, I, I just, uh, you know, and you're talking about Roddy Anderson having three left. It is different how you how they how they choose to piece this roster together because a guy like Cam Martin has one year left. So that would be a, a stopgap maybe for somebody. Um, and this would be his seventh year of college, by the way, too. He's like 24, 25 years old. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, I think that that's just the way it is now, how they choose to do it. And I agree with you on Roddy Anderson. Uh, I, From my understanding, Boise State thinks there's some improvement coming with the shot. Uh, it was not great last year, certainly, but uh, he's bigger than Marcus Shaver, can get to the rim a little better, does some different things. And um, it's interesting, Mike, because, you know, we still see players coming in the portal. And so there's this like there's this cat and mouse game if you're a coach. And that's what yeah. I think. I actually think that's what bit Boise State and no disrespect to Mosilla. And you're talking about him coming in June last year. Well, I think that's what happened. They waited, expecting some other guys to come in the portal or thinking there'd be better options. There weren't other guys all signed. And then you're stuck in June going up to get a guy like Mosilla who averaged one point a game yeah. um, because he's a 6'11", 7-foot big guy that you think maybe can take up space. So um, Boise State obviously struck early with Roddy Anderson, and obviously they like him. But then you're wondering, okay, oh, now this uh, Oregon State guard just popped up in the portal. Oh, this guy's in the portal. So uh, that can't be an easy thing for David Motes, the recruiting staff, or Leon to kind of know d d if this guy wants to come here, but there might be a little better options down the road. Do you wait? Do you try to get this guy while you can? Uh, when you strike in the transfer portal, I think is uh, an interesting strategy. I, I agree. And I wouldn't want to make these decisions at all. It, it's crazy. It's like, you know, that game show, you take door number one, two, or three, and you take number one, and all of a sudden door number three is the trip to Jamaica. You know, are you kidding me? I I, I got a I got a toaster, and that's a tough, tough deal. But I think Leon did absolutely learn a lesson last year. You probably have to have more of a sense of urgency in the transfer portal than being patient. Being patient is a great virtue. It's it's a beautiful thing, but I don't think the transfer portal was built for patience. And you probably, if you're gonna make a mistake, do it because of a sense of urgency. So I got no problem. Leon Rice learned it last year. Dive in hard and just make a decision. You got to make a decision. And I like the decision he's made so far. I have no idea. Any idea from you? Because Ballgame and I were talking about this yesterday. Do you think Sada and Ganga, was that 100% his deal? Or could a coach been involved there? I heard what he said to you after the NCAA tournament. Uh, based on what I'm told, this was uh, caught the coaches by surprise a little bit. I think they, okay. they were expect they were expecting Sadan Ganga to stay, and within the last 48 hours or so, uh, he just decided that uh, seeing Chibuzo Abo back, seeing Tyson Degenhart back, seeing Max Rice back, um, you know he's 6'10", but he's a guard, so he would be behind those three again in the pecking order. Uh, just probably didn't see the playing time. 
Um, and yeah, if you missed the news yesterday, Sadan Ganga transferring as we transition here. Uh, but I will quickly say on the transfer portal, the final four hasn't even happened yet, Mike. Today's Thursday. We are literally two weeks exactly from the end of Boise State season. And this they've already had two players on campus recruiting from the transfer portal. So they're not waiting around. My understanding is like the coaching staff's working, been working 12 plus hour days uh, on the portal and calling and texting and visiting and doing all this. And uh, we'll see what ends up happening. But uh, definitely encouraged with Anderson. And me personally would be very intrigued of what a stretch five uh, Cam Martin would do in the offense. But uh, we'll wait and see. Like I said, I think he's got some big time suitors. I mean, Roddy Anderson had Arkansas, you know, yeah. begging him to come visit. Yeah, it's usually what you can tell how the interest is based on the other schools that won him. Roddy Anderson had multiple Pac-12 schools. Uh, so that was obviously a big get. My understanding is when the list comes out, I mean, when Cam Martin first picked uh, Kansas, by the way, he had Texas, Creighton, Georgetown. Uh, I think we're some of the other schools that wanted him as well. So we'll see what it is this time around. But uh, as we switch to side on Ganga, which now opens up another spot for a big guy or a guard, my understanding was it was uh, his decision. Just didn't see the playing time, didn't see the fit, didn't want another year of uh, potentially riding the bench. And, you know, Johnny said it on your guys' show yesterday, Idaho Sports Talk, and I, I totally agree with him. It's an awkward spot for him, first of all, because you're sitting in this open locker room in the NCAA tournament. All the players are sitting there in silence because they just lost the game and they're all mad and they're eating their food. And first of all, I felt awkward even going to ask Sada if I could interview him because he didn't play in the game. He hadn't played in the last eight games, uh, but he hadn't really been talked to all season. But the locker room's open. And if you're in the locker room, you're available for, for comment. And I had asked somebody, hey, are we, are we good to talk to him? And they said, you know, if, if you don't play in the game, they could have left, but he stayed. So he's fair game. And I went over and asked him, and to his credit, he got up and walked over, you know, to, to away from the players a little bit, just up against the wall, so we could get him. And I, so I appreciate him for that. Um, but also, I, I, you know, I don't think I don't think you would expect him, even if he knew he was leaving, uh, to say, "Yep, yeah, I'm out of here after this game." Uh, hope, hope they let me ride the plane back to Boise. But yeah, I'm leaving, and uh, <laughs> it's been fun, and I appreciate these guys, but I'm out of here. Um, so I think he kind of said the political, what he had to say, yeah, I'm coming back. And so I don't know if he totally hundred percent believed that or knew that, but some of the other comments that he made, how it was tough for him, he was homesick. He, he was, it was a tough, especially early on for him. He said, and he said, you know what, but it's not going to help me if I just sit around and pout. So he went in the gym and worked and he felt he got a lot better and he was waiting for his time to come. I think a lot of fans, because of the hype, because of the star rankings, because of the other offers, Kentucky and some of these schools that wanted him, expected him to come in and, uh, you know, average 15 points a game right away. I think all along it was going to be a slow process. And Leon tried even in the preseason to say that he was going to come along. It was going to be a little bit of a process. He he was in Angola all summer due to paperwork issues, didn't get any of the summer conditioning, offseason workout you know, one-on-one, -on -one, which I think is a big deal for a program yeah. like Boise State in the development. He was just starting to come along. And then in the Santa Clara game, he rolled his ankle and missed a couple weeks around Christmas. Um, and so I, I think there was some other things going into it. Um, do I think two to three years from now, Sadan Ganga could be a, you know, contributing player to the team? Uh, yes. What Did I expect him to come on a little faster than he did? Yes. But I mean, no, again, I'm not trying to rip on the guy on the way out the door, but he just, the, the small times he would even get in there, he just looked a little lost on defense, didn't, just didn't look like he was ready. And so do you want to blame the coaches for over-evaluating him, um, for, you know, missing by signing him in the first place? Yeah, you can do that, but then you can uh, also criticize John Calipari and, and Mick Cronin and all the other coaches that wanted him as well. So, um, yeah, it didn't work out. It, it certainly is disappointing because I think down the road he could have been a contributing player here, but I'm not sure even this year if he would have played a, a huge role given who's coming back at his position already. And you've now got rid of Burke Smith. Not got rid of, I guess that's not fair to say. You've, you've subtracted Burke Smith, Pavle Kuzmanovic, and uh, 
Sadanganga, three guys who essentially gave you nothing last year on a team that went to the NCAA tournament. And now that opens up three up three scholarships to potentially make some pretty significant trades to upgrade the roster. Yeah, as in the word depth, D-E-P-T-H, depth, depth, depth. Take those three spots and go and build your depth. And I know that that's exactly what Leon Rice is trying to do. So I agree with you on Sada and Ganga. That, that makes sense. Once again, if you're if you're dipping into the transfer portal, and I think even the most negative of fans realize that the transfer portal comes with a certain amount of risk. You have to dip your toe in there and hope that the shark doesn't bite it and you can pull out something for dinner. And, and that's what he's done, what I think, with, with Roddy Anderson. We thought that was Sada, but... If health well, is such a big school. issue, Sada was a high school setting. Yeah, but yeah, it was such a. It's such a. The health is always such a big, big deal. Oh no the doubt, health. he had the knee injury in high school. That's the reason he ended up at Boise State and not Kentucky yes. in the first place. Uh, yes. Yeah, well, they I, took I, a risk and it didn't no, work. Yep, no doubt. I totally agree. But it's Keaton says. You know, I think why he would choose a Boise State over a Kentucky or Arizona is because he wanted to, he expected immediate minutes. And so the immediate minutes didn't come. And I, there's a lot of bashing on Leon Rice, uh, Mike. I'm not sure which side you're on here in terms of the he should have played more guys earlier in the season so that the depth would have been better. And guys like Sada would have got early playing time. Kobe Young, then he could have maybe relied on them later in the season. But they're playing Texas A&M and Santa Clara and a lot of these St. Louis. And a lot of they had a pretty tough early season schedule where they needed to win those games to even get in the tournament later in the season. And Leon didn't feel like those guys deserved the minutes in, in November. So he didn't feel like he could just put them out there just to play them if he needed to win these games and didn't think they helped uh, them do that. So we're not at the practices. We don't see these guys on a daily basis. If, if the coaching staff is not playing these guys, there's a reason they're not playing. And so uh, I guess maybe if there was ways he could have tried to squeeze a couple more minutes out of these guys in some of the blowout games, you know, maybe that would have helped a little, but I just think that from the start, they could, they identified which seven players could help them and which couldn't. And, and that was it. I was, I'm the biggest basher of Leon Rice around here, the, of anybody in the media or, or the fan base. I, I, I have no problem jumping on Leon Rice. But Leon Rice, I believe, does a fantastic job in season developing his players. And I think fans who say that, and I see it all over the place, you have a bias against Leon Rice. That's fair. I get it. You have a bias against his program. That's right. That's fair. But you're short-sighted in terms of the basketball knowledge. Leon Rice is going to play the guys that are ready. And if you think playing Sada and Gonga for six minutes a game in October, November, and December is going to make him a better player, I don't buy that. You get better in the offseason. You get better in the summer. You get better in open gym. You get better when you can practice 20, 30 hours a week in the gym and develop and look at the film, not by sitting on the bench and coming in for seven garbage minutes against Texas A&M. So uh, Leon Rice, I trust. His coaching staff, I trust. It's all veteran coaches. These guys know what they're doing, and they're not putting these guys in because they're not ready to play. And when Leon Rice tips off a basketball at 8 o'clock on a Wednesday night, he's got one mission for two hours, to win a basketball game, not necessarily develop his bench. And he's trying to win games. He's trying to build his NCAA resume. So I got no problem with that whatsoever. And I think people that are ripping on Leon for that, you don't, you don't develop – baggage players for 90 days in October. That just doesn't happen. And 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 Gonga just didn't have it in the offseason, and it's time to cut bait and move on, and I got no problem with it. I'm okay with Leon in this particular case. Yeah, you can, you can, you can certainly blame the coaching staff for uh, mis-evaluating the player before they brought him in. I mean, that's Agreed. fair, but you, know, you could, if the guy's not ready to contribute, who is that on? Well, that's still probably on the coaches that the player wasn't ready to contribute, but once in that specific element of it, I agree with you. And, and I know you guys have an exciting show coming up today, Mike, uh, in terms of next year's basketball roster. Uh, Perry says here he's excited about Andrew Meadow uh, coming, uh, coming to Boise State, and I think people, you know, that is part of the thing that people are also forgetting. Andrew Meadow 
um, if he gets enough minutes, is like a freshman of the year type player. Andrew Meadow is going to be a significant contributor right off the bat. Uh, Chris Lockett has a chance to be a contributor right off the bat. So they're bringing in some impact freshmen, uh, Mike. And I know that um, you add those, you know, those two get lost a little bit because, like, okay, well, Roddy Anderson's the only addition so far. Those guys are expected to be pretty big contributors right away. And I know you guys are uh, going to have some interviews today. Yeah, we're fired up about that. 315 live, Andrew Meadow, 4 o'clock live, Roddy Anderson, and 515 today live, Chris Lockett Jr. out of Louisiana. So, yeah, we're fired up about that. Today's entire show on Idaho Sports Talk with Ballgame and myself is dedicated to getting to know these three new Boise State basketball players. And, and BJ, we're with you. And, and you know this team better than, 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 than I do, but uh, I expect – I mean, the expectations for these guys are high. I expect all three of these players to be able to contribute next year. Maybe not starters, but give me those depth minutes that are so important from the last season. So uh, I'm excited to, to learn more about these three players. So the initial, and don't forget about uh, Ugbo also from the Netherlands or overseas. There's some question whether or not he'll actually be eligible this year due to some the the overseas classes and the paper, you know transferring. But his, yeah. as of now, he's still scheduled to take up a scholarship. You add the other two guys we just mentioned, so that's three for three with the three you lost, uh, Milner. Um, Shaver and Smith. So that was the math there. And then any other transfer portals, departures would open up a spot. So we're now at uh, three departures with Pavle, Burke Smith, and now uh, uh, Sadanganga. You've added one guy in uh, Anderson. So there are two spots available left right now. Uh, I was getting a lot of questions on social media. Is anybody else leaving? Um, I think Mo Silla is possible, but I, I, I think it's possible he's back as well because there, if you dive deeper into Mo Silla, I don't think he's on pace to graduate, and he has already transferred once, so he is not able to transfer and play unless he graduates. Um, so the only basically place he could play next year is Boise State, and so I guess he would either have to decide or Boise State, if they get a better upgrade, it's a tough business. It's cutthroat. May just say, hey, man, sorry, but we need the spot. Um, yeah. Or or he may decide, does he want to just move on with his life and not play basketball? But uh, my understanding is the only place Mo Silla could play basketball next year is Boise State. And I think it's wow. not not a for sure given that he's gone. And, uh, you know, maybe he makes him. If we saw Milner improve, maybe maybe Mo Silla could improve into a 10-minute-a-game backup guy. Who knows? Uh, but, I, but as of now, two spots. And then, um, you know, a Kobe Young, I don't think is going anywhere. I think he does see a potential role. Um, you know, he's still a, a third-year sophomore here after redshirting. So, I think he's got time potentially. Um, but uh, two spots left as of now for this uh, Boise State uh, basketball team. Hey, ropepaint.com, check them out. ROEPaint.com, they're concrete coatings. They're scheduling for the spring, the back patio, your garage, your basement. Perfect time, five times stronger than epoxy. It's transformational. Uh, make the switch, ROEPaint.com, and, and uh, check them out. And uh, you can go online and get a free quote from ROEPaint.com. With the Afford of Boise, they're buying your used vehicle. That's right, they will buy your used vehicle. They're also going to be giving Mike Prater a free Bronco sport when he hits the hole-in-one at the uh, Bronco Nation <laughs> News Golf Tournament. Uh, Mike, a Bronco sport will be uh, given away if a hole-in-one is hit on hole six at Timberstone, courtesy of Lithia Ford of Boise. We're also working potentially on a cool deal to have some of the NIL athletes that they work with out at the golf tournament at their hole to do some meet and greets and things. But uh, Lithia Ford of Boise, check them out, LithiaFordBoise.com, Idaho Central Credit Union, ICCU.com. They are providing, Mike, while we're talking golf tournament, their giveaway for all fans this year is a really nice-looking golf glove, a brand-new nice. white golf glove uh, for every participant in the golf tournament. It looks really nice. I approved the final design uh, yesterday with the ICCU logo and the BNN logo on it. So free golf gloves from ICCU. 
the best in mobile e-branch online banking. Check them out, iccu.com. And if you're looking for a job, how about TCS, Transportation Compliance Service? Check them out, transcompservice.com. Uh, pumped to uh, continue to advertise uh, with them or have them advertise with us and partner with them. But uh, Amazon truck in your neighborhood, the big rig on your screen. If you need a, a new job, check out TCS. And last but not least of our major sponsors, I'm sorry, Mike, I'm behind here on uh, ads, but uh, Blue and Orange Store. If you're looking for uh, some new Boise State gear for the spring game next week, check out the blueandorangestore.com. And uh, they have all your uh, Boise State gear, free shipping for any order over $40. And uh, that's at the blue and orange store.com. Mike, I haven't been on with you since we made the announcement, but uh, Tyson Degenhart and RJ Keen have agreed to uh, some NIL deals. Uh, we're excited at Bronco nation news to partner with them and they will be uh, playing in the tournament and uh, participating and then meeting in and greeting with fans during the lunch portion afterwards. So uh, we got some other cool announcements to come, but our first two celebrity appearance, uh, I, I kind of teased folks. because I said, I have two celebrities and then I put you and Johnny up on the screen the other day uh, <laughs> and then uh, announced that you guys would be coming uh, as well to, uh, and broadcast the show. But, but, uh, but uh, Tyson Degenhardt, RJ Keen are coming out to play as well. I understand that those are, uh, those guys are getting serious about their golf game. We had Tyson in the studio the other day. I know, I know Keen likes to play a little golf. They go out there to Timberstone, and uh, they're serious golfers. I mean, if you, if they're showing up, they're going to try to win this sucker. They are. They are. So whichever uh, whichever group gets them as the celebrity fifth, I'm not sure who they'd rather have, Mike Prater or Tyson Diggenhart as their celebrity fifth. But uh, we'll we'll have to have them. Folks can fight over you guys uh, closer to the time. But uh, well, well, there might be fireball in my group. I'm going to guess in the Tyson Diggenhart group, there will not be fireball. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably a fair assessment. I think you, your group would have more fun. His group might have a better chance of winning. I don't know. There we'll, you go. Uh, we'll see. But uh, we got about five minutes left, Mike. I did want to hit on spring football for a few minutes here. We got the spring game a week from Saturday. We just talked to the coordinators, uh, you know, Spencer Danielson and uh, Bush Hamden uh, the other day. And um, I know uh, Talon Green and Bush Hamden, that's kind of the, the big sports talk radio story that's going to be in all summer, I guess, leading into that first game. But uh, from what you've seen, from what you've heard about Bush Hamden, about Talon Green, about their relationship, about where things are with this offense, uh, what's your, you know, 30,000-foot uh, overview or take, I guess, of the offense and of, of uh, Talon Green, Bush Hamden at this point? Oh, it's like Valentine's Day all over again. Everybody loves everybody. Everybody's on the same page. Everybody's pretty happy and hunky-dory. But, yeah, it's the getting-to-know-you process, and they're not diving too deep into the X's and O's. Well, they are in foot, spring football, but it's all about just getting on the same page. The one big conversation, the one big debate that Johnny Ballgame and I had yesterday was, you know, Taylor Green and, and how Bush Hamden plans to use him. Bush Hamden talked, and I'm talking about in the running game. We all know that Bush Hamden and his running game last year was a big part of, of his style and, and what he brought to the football field. And, and then Bush Hamden comes out and says, well, we have to be careful. We're going to use him, but we're not going to abuse him. And all of a sudden, Ballgame thinks, oh, he's only going to run a couple of times a year. But here, here comes Bush Hamden and says, oh, we're going to run him 10 to 12 times a game. He only ran the ball 12 times once last year, and that was in the bowl game. So, you know, I think usually he was right around 7, 8, 9, 10, maybe 11 at the most for his runs. And if Bush Hamden tells me that Taylor Green's going to run 10 to 12, and maybe he just threw that number out. Maybe it's a number he'd like to take back. I don't know. But he said 10 to 12 times a game, and if Taylor Green's going to run the ball 10 to 12 times a game, that's more than last year. And that's with a great running back room too. So I'm very, 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 very curious about how they're going to run the ball, how they're going to share the carries, and how they're going to use Taylor Green in the running game. I think that's a big part of what they're trying to figure out right now. 
and obviously Taylor Green, you know, designed runs versus Taylor Green pulling it and running. Uh, we'll, we'll, you know, who knows what that breakdown will obviously be. But if they're, but if they're calling ten to twelve designed runs a game for Taylor Green, that would be a, a big up. I, I agree. I'd be. Uh, but uh, you have that, you know. And he was very impressed with Maddox Madison. He talked a lot yeah. about him. And yeah. but uh, but uh, as, you know, Johnny asked the question. I think it's a kind of it's always that the question with a starting quarterback that's mobile, but. Um, I think we would all agree there is a drop off and a probably a significant drop off from Taylor Green to the other quarterbacks on the roster. So um, that's got to be a tough dilemma. I mean, you know, the dude has rushed for over 100 yards, what, three times last year? I think Taylor Green did. I mean, he, the dude obviously can run, um, but uh, if he's, you know, not able to stay on the field, too, that 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 certainly changes the look of this offense. So that's going to have to be a, a tough call for, for Bush Hamden and, and Andy Avalos. Yeah. And once we get into game time, they, they might, you know, kind of back off on that. And, there's no way they're going to call him 10 to 12 times. And maybe Bush was factoring in that he's going to have to pull the ball and run three or four times a game. They'll call five or six different run plays for him. Bush Hamden's though, let's not get away from what he was really trying to emphasize emphasize. And what he's been really working on with Taylor green in spring camp is stepping up in the pocket, not stepping right, not stepping left, but stepping up in the pocket. Like you see in the national football league and buying yourself that extra three seconds, maybe two seconds in the pocket and finding that open receiver down the field. That's what they want to do. And I don't remember seeing a lot of that from Taylor Green last year, stepping up in the pocket as opposed to right or left. So they're working on that. I, it sounds really simple. You know, just, just move forward, dude, not right or left. But if that's in your DNA and that's in the brain and that's what you've been doing since you were in junior high playing football, just going right or left by instincts, it's a really hard thing to do to step up in the pocket and they're really focusing on that. So there's no doubt they're trying to make Taylor Green a better passer and a better passing game, but uh, they're not going to get rid of his running skills. No, not at all. That'll be an off-season storyline. Like I said, we'll have our 25 questions, our players to watch, all that stuff all summer, as you guys will as well in Idaho Sports Talk. And I'm sure the the Taylor Green, uh, Bush Hamden, uh, will be a prominent uh, name set on both our airwaves here for the next several months. But, uh, Mike, appreciate it. Hope folks will be listening today, 3 to 6, Idaho Sports Talk. Again, you guys will have uh, the three – newest additions, or I guess the three prominent additions coming for next season as of now for the basketball team with Andrew Meadow, Chris Lockett, and Roddy Anderson. All three will be live on your guys' show today, so hopefully folks will be listening if you want some basketball talk, three to six. Subscribe to their YouTube channel. They do the daily video segments at KTIK 95.3 FM. Uh, subscribe to the Bronco Nation News YouTube channel as well. We'll have some interviews like Jabril Frazier, Nate Potter, Dimitri Washington, a couple others uh, doing interviews for the football team today, so we'll get those videos up on our YouTube channel, but uh, great stuff, Mike, as always miss chatting with you last week while i was on vacation but uh always appreciate uh, you getting up a little early on thursdays and we'll do it again next week i'll join you guys tomorrow at 4 15 i assume we'll talk some sada some some roster uh, maybe a little football who knows but uh appreciate it thank you to everybody for watching have a great day listen today to idaho sports talk and we'll talk to you later bronco nation news live happy opening day go mariners go cardinals go reds why not go reds bronco, bronco nation news.com